0: friends. Welcome to Wild Hearts with Janine. I'm Janine, the host of this podcast, and I also happen to be the guest today. This is episode six and hopefully the first of many solo cast episodes moving forward. And the topic of today's episode is no small feat. It is singleness, relationships, and dating. But before I get into sharing some of the stuff that's on my heart around these topics and answering some of your guys' questions, I want to point you in the direction of a really amazing message that I actually heard last summer while I was driving around Ireland and it really just kind of propelled me into the season that I'm in now where I feel like I'm finally really embracing my relationship status. It is from a church called Church of the City New York and their pastor John Tyson last year did a sermon series called The Controversial Jesus. And they did one in particular on singleness and goes into talking about relationships, dating and marriage. And I just found it to be so spot on and so accurate and saying things that um, other people might shy away from saying. So if you have not heard that yet, I want you to go ahead and pause this episode of Wild Hearts and go tune in to that sermon. And I'll go ahead and link everything in the show notes for YouTube and podcasts. All right, but if you've listened to it, (laughs) let's keep rolling. I'm going to share with you guys first a little bit of my relationship history and then I'm actually going to read you excerpts of a blog post I wrote last year that um, really took a lot out of me to write, but I realized was a necessary thing that needed to be out in the world. So I'm going to read you a little bit of that. Then I'm going to go into some questions that y'all sent me on Instagram, e- in emails and in texts and do my best to answer them. And throughout, I may share some of my opinions. Um, well, I will definitely be sharing some of my opinions, and I think that some of them may be classified as unpopular opinions. So <laughs> let's see how this goes. So first, let me share with you guys a little bit of my personal relationship history. Um, as an adult, I'm 29, which is crazy, but uh, as an adult, I've only had one serious relationship, and it was when I was in college. We dated four just over a year, almost a year and a half. And other than that, it's been just a lot of being single. And in that, a lot of uh, that time I spent working a lot. So there wasn't even really time or capacity for another person in my life. Um, And then other times it's been by choice. I think I realized last year, in having been single for quite a bit of time, I was really good at faking that I was okay being single. I realized that I was living in a place of tolerating it, um, but barely. (laughs) And had a lot of questions and frustrations and low self-esteem at the time. I'm not going to even try and front on that. And it's only been within the last year that I have really learned to embrace my status as a single person. I would actually argue that I'm thriving as a single individual human being more than ever. And I see so much purpose and intention and... I'm just like living my best life over here. And so, as a result, I've gotten quite a few of you guys reaching out to me over the last, I don't know, 6 months or so with a lot of questions um that I'm not really qualified to answer because all I know is what I know from my personal experience, what I've learned from friends who are older than me and what I've gleaned from my time spent with the Lord. Um, But I am really excited to kind of get to share a little bit of those things with you guys. I will say there have been, you know, a few guys here and there in my life since my ex and I broke up in college um, and now, but nothing that stuck. And there were a couple poor choices in there as well. However, I have, you know, experienced quite a bit of secondhand relationship uh, through a lot of, like, dating, engagements, and marriage situations with friends. And please note, like, this is the biggest thing I need y'all to know. I'm not an expert. Like, not at all. However, I do think that I have some insight into the current dating scene that we are facing in 2019. So please have grace with me. Remember, I am a human being. We all have different opinions. Um, But here's kind of what I've gleaned and learned over the last, oh God, 10 years of dating but mostly being single. (laughs) So here we go. First, let's dive in together into a blog post I wrote not too long ago titled Real Talk Singleness. Now, if you are not single, say you are dating or engaged or married, maybe you even have kids. That's amazing. I don't want you to tune this out because actually a lot of this is written with you in mind. So I think that there are just a lot of misconceptions around being single. And having been one of those people who's been single for a long time, I just think there are a few things that need to be shared about it from a single person's perspective. I've been over the last, gosh, six to eight months just searching for more on this topic, more truth, more guidance, more encouragement um, for all of us as we together navigate the rapidly growing population of singles. Like it's statistically proven that the population of single or unmarried people is higher than ever before in history. So it's not something that can really be ignored or overlooked. But unfortunately, apart from that sermon message that I referenced earlier, I haven't come across much that actually suffices. Therefore, I have found myself once again sharing my heart on something that I think is just... little bit uncomfortable to talk about so bluntly and that is being single. So here we go. First I want to address some of the lies or misconceptions that come around being single. So I understand that we all have some kind of experience with being single because yep we have all been there at some point in our lives. But over the years there have been a few comments that I've heard over and over again around singleness and and ones that I've talked with other single friends about that just kind of you know, don't feel good when people say them to us um, because oftentimes they aren't true most of the time. So allow me from my personal experience and perspective as a single person to dispel a few of the common misconceptions. One, if someone is single, they must be lonely. Okay. First of all, yes, this can be true sometimes. Because yeah, it would be nice to have another human to consistently share one's life with and adventures with. And when that isn't our reality, it can be really hard. But most of the time, I don't think it's true. I actually think that doing life by myself has given me Uh, The best chance to grow in a lot of tremendous ways, Um, ways I would argue I probably wouldn't have grown if I was with another person at the time. And one of the things that I've learned, and that's affirmed in the message I referenced earlier, is that there are two very uh, different sides to being alone, and those are loneliness and solitude. Loneliness can be defined as the pain of being alone, whereas solitude can be defined as the glory of being alone. Because in solitude or in being alone with yourself, an individual can truly get to know themselves. They can figure out who they are, what they love, what they want, even what they were made to do. And then they can get after those things with a singular focus. So yes, while it can sometimes be hard to be alone, singleness does not always equal loneliness. Two, if someone is single, they must want to be single. Again, sometimes true, but not usually. Most of the single people I know and who I've talked to, either in person or through social media, do want to be married someday, including myself. The problem with a statement like this is that it dismisses some very real and prominent issues in the current dating scene. Things like failure to launch or a fear of commitment maybe even a refusal to commit a distrust in the institution of marriage hello fellow children of divorce Uh, people not knowing their worth a cultural obsession with sex and pleasure and so on yeah some people are just fine being single but I do think that the majority of people truly desire to do life with another person three if someone is single they must not put themselves out there This one can be pretty offensive, (laughs) because the truth is that many of us are trying. We're joining the dating apps, we're trying to go out, we're hinting at our friends to set us up, and we're attempting to have those relationship-defining conversations with people we're interested in. You know what I'm talking about. DTRs, never fun, always awkward, but we should be doing them because why are we wasting our time? Anyway. It's not easy, and it's oftentimes really overwhelming to try and put yourself out there in so many different ways. As someone who was in four weddings the summer after graduating from university, let me put it this way. If we didn't meet our partner in that season of life, it becomes significantly and statistically more challenging to meet them in the quote-unquote real world. We're no longer constantly surrounded by our friends, sitting in classes, and participating in all these activities with other people of similar age and or ideals. We're navigating adulthood in a whole new way. We're working 40 or more hours a week. We're paying rent, um, attempting to stay connected with our friends and family all over the world. We're working on paying off our student loans, holler, I know that's a lot of us. We're traveling, we're moving, etc. There's just so many avenues for trying to meet people all while we're also just trying to get by. It's not always easy to put ourselves out there, but believe me, most of us are really trying. Four, if someone is still single, their standards must be too high. Okay, I have such a problem with this one, so I'm gonna get on my soapbox real quick. Y'all need to stop this one right now. (laughs) Unless the single person in question has, like, literal pages or a laundry list of must-haves for a significant other, their standards are probably just fine. For example, okay, I only have a few things that I'm looking for in a guy. One, someone who's funny, because I'd like someone who can pull me up from my introspection and depth And just make me laugh. I'm an Enneagram 4, though. We've talked about this, right? Two, someone who's kind and understanding, who isn't arrogant, and who has passions and dreams that they're pursuing. Three, someone who isn't intimidated by my independence and who will challenge me to interdependence. And I say this one because I've been single for a really long time, so I've been independent. That's just been my life for a long time. Four, someone I'm attracted to physically. And five, which is the most important one, someone who loves Jesus way more than he could ever love me. That's literally five things, you guys. Things that I argue are not impossible to find. And so I refuse to settle for anything less. Something inside of me believes that the idea of settling is tied to not knowing your worth or what you deserve. And I just think it's way too important to wait or fight for that best thing. So to my fellow singles refuse to settle, refuse to quote-unquote lower your standards, because we all deserve a person who's going to make us better, who challenges us to love more deeply, and who encourages us to do the things that we were made for. Five, if someone is single, they are not whole, complete, or enough. Okay, (laughs) This one is a straight up lie, and we need to stop perpetuating this super toxic idea that we are incomplete or of less value by being a single person. First, remember that we all have inherent dignity as individual people, which biblically is a concept introduced under the new covenant, and I'm going to quote John Tyson here, as dignity is no longer tied to family or the ability to have children. Having another person in one's life will not complete them, and I'm sure that most of our married friends would agree with that because if we're honest placing that kind of expectation or pressure on another human being who is flawed is a recipe for disaster because we are all a mess and here's some real talk the truth is we're all gonna fail one another at some point because none of us are perfect <laughs> i am sure that that can be a hard truth for some people to stomach but it is the truth And in remembering that we are whole and complete people on our own, I think that when we come together, we are a hell of a lot stronger. All right, now moving on from common misconceptions, let's talk about some unhelpful things that non-single people do. So I want everyone to stay as tuned in as possible to this and know that I am saying what I'm about to say in love and kindness and grace. So hear me out married, engaged, dating friends, I know that your heart is good. And I know that you really care about the single people in your lives. I know um, that you want us to feel happy and fulfilled and loved and that you really do mean well. But sometimes the things you say, no matter how much you mean or hope to encourage us, they're just not fun to hear. Sometimes they even hurt Not because you mean for them to, but because we so often hear the same things over and over and over again. And with time, they can start to feel like empty words or worse, like salt pouring into a wound. So, please, next time you have the urge to encourage the single people in your life, I would encourage you to take the following into consideration. Please stop saying it will happen when you least expect it. Okay, I'm gonna get sassy for a second. I haven't been expecting it for seven going on eight years, and it still hasn't happened. So there's some flawed logic there. Can we agree? Okay, personal saltiness aside, I do think that those who say something along the lines of that phrase really do mean well, but it's not helpful to singles for a few reasons. First, underhandedly, it can say that if someone is single, uh, they must be desperately looking for a relationship which isn't always true. It also has the ability to undermine those of us who haven't been actively looking and yet have been single for years. Are you seeing the flaws? (laughs) And if I'm totally honest, it's a played out form of encouragement that many of us are tired of hearing. Not to mention, some of us are totally okay being single. So telling us that it will happen when we're not looking isn't really encouraging. It can actually be quite demeaning. Next, Please refrain from trying to give us a ton of dating advice, especially if you're older and or not single. This one is more for the people who are like 10 or more years older than the single person in question. We understand that you have your own experience and perspective from your single years, and we want to hear as much of it as can be applicable, but the truth is that you can't fully understand what it's like trying to date or meet someone in the digital age. First... There's a plethora of dating apps and websites, which can be quite overwhelming for some of us, especially for me. Um, Second, the further we are out of our college years, the more we find many of us don't have as much time to meet people, let alone date. We are working, we're paying off debt, we're trying to figure out who we are, what we really want to do, and we're understandably exhausted Third, and I mentioned this earlier, but there are some really big issues in the current dating scene that probably weren't as rampant. Those things like failure to launch, fears of commitment, uh, lack of trust in marriage, people not knowing their worth, um, and obsession with sex, especially over commitment and so on. So we appreciate you wanting to help us and encourage us where we're at, but I want to encourage you to please screen your words through the lens of dating in today's world. Next, please don't tell us the only way we'll meet someone is online. Yes, okay. Lots of people nowadays meet online, and we all know someone or, I don't know, have close friends who've met their significant other online, and that's amazing, but that kind of blanket statement isn't helpful, mostly because it isn't true. People can and do meet online. I don't argue with that point, but people also meet you know, in person. (laughs) They meet in a coffee shop, in their workplaces, through mutual friends, or while traveling the world. And while some people are comfortable doing the online dating thing, I know many others are not. It may feel really awkward, impersonal, maybe even superficial, especially for those of us who prefer more... Intimacy in our relationships than the current online climate can always provide, whether that's dating or not. This is a particularly difficult one for me that I've come to learn has a lot to do with me being an Enneagram 4, but there is just something about the idea of someone going through kind of a buffet line of beautiful, amazing people in this app that makes me feel kind of yucky. So I know this isn't everyone's experience or feeling, it's mine, but I also know from personal conversations that more people people feel this way than we may realize so I would just say it can be a very sensitive topic so tread cautiously again non-single friends we know that you say these things because you love us and because you want the best for us we really understand that but sometimes all we really need is for someone to listen to us or offer to pray for us or better yet include us and you know maybe even introduce us to your other single friends you feel me no shame in my game (laughs) And, uh, I'm a little nervous to go into this topic, but I'm going to do it anyway, because we here already. I included a section in this blog post about the Christian church and singleness. And I'm not even, you know what? I'm done prefacing it. Let's just get into it. Here's what I wrote. Simply put, the way singleness is talked about, handled, and met within the church is kind of a mess. It's complicated for a lot of reasons, but um, I think that one of the biggest is that the majority of the current church culture has an obsession. Some may even go as far as to say idolization. That's a hard word of marriage. And if we're honest, the modern church is largely structured around the family. As a single adult or professional, it can feel like they don't really know what to do with us because we don't fit in an easy to figure out box. Most of us probably work full time or more. (laughs) We probably live with roommates, don't have kids, and we're like trying to figure out what we want to do, if we even want to get married, if we want to have kids, all that. So yeah, we might seem a little complicated, but that's not a bad thing. We are just trying to figure it out as much as you are trying to figure us out. Both our culture and the church also seem to be enamored with the idea of finding one's quote-unquote soulmate. But is this concept as biblical as we may want it to be or act like it is? Or is it something that has been fed to us over and over again in our culture, namely through what comes out of Hollywood? Quote John Tyson again, marriage at its best is a temporary institution used to leverage the ability to build the kingdom of God. But when you die, that's it. We don't believe in an eternal view of marriage. It's important to remember that nowhere in Scripture, oh, y'all, this is going to be one of my the unpopular things I say, but here we go. It's important to remember that nowhere in Scripture does God promise any of us a husband or wife. What He does promise is comfort, peace, sustenance, and fulfillment through our relationship with Him. For those of us who deeply desire to be married and have a family, this can be another hard truth to stomach. But this is a broken world that we live in, one in which we're not guaranteed all of the things that we want, whether or not that's a partner in this life. And in the light of that truth, can we trust that God is good and that he loves us even if we don't get the things that we want? Can we cling to him when what we desire is not our reality? And how can the church encourage its people to do that? And I would be remiss if I didn't point out the massive elephant in the room, we live in a culture that is completely obsessed with sex. It's everywhere, from television to music to the ads we see every single day. And it promises something that, if we're honest, is fleeting and frail. The pursuit of pleasure. Plus, the older we get, (laughs) the more our biology is telling us that we should be doing the things that our bodies want. And the statistical truth is that many of us are listening to that voice. It's all really sensitive and important, and yet hardly anyone's talking about it but it needs to be talked about in the church because it's a very real and challenging arena that singles are attempting to navigate with little to no guidance. So bottom line, yes, it's complicated, but the church could probably be doing a better job with the single people in their midst. All right. And to kind of wrap up this little section of whatever is happening, this next part is like my life message is applicable to all of you, no matter what your relationship status is. Okay, You ready? You ready? Let's do this. Live your best life, no matter your relationship status. This message is very close to my heart uh, because it's the biggest thing I've learned and embraced in my 20s, especially in this last year of 28 and 29. I used to think two things. First, that my life wasn't really going to start until another person was in it. And once I realized how stupid that was, um, I still thought that I couldn't really do some of the things I wanted to do on my own. I laugh a lot at those thoughts now because I've gone on to do some of the most incredible things as a single person. I moved across the country. I paid off all of my debt. I quit my job to travel. I continue to travel now while working remotely and hustling on some passion projects like this podcast. I've written hundreds of blog posts. I've totaled a car and bought a new one with cash. I visited 13 countries and over 35 European cities. I'm truly living my best life right now, (laughs) and I have a deep sense that it will only continue whether or not I have a partner to do it with because I have Jesus, and that relationship is the most fulfilling and purpose-giving thing I could ask for. I make all of my decisions, big and small, and everything in between, through the lens of that relationship and have done some seriously cool things because of it. Now, real talk would it have been nice to have had somebody to do those things with? Absolutely. But would I have grown in the ways that I did? Probably not. And had I not chosen to give it a shot, I would really hate to think, I don't know, 10, 20, 50 years from now, wow, I wish I would have tried to do those things. <laughs> so now I carry the following mentality with me. Will this make my five-year-old self, as well as my 75-year-old self, proud? Truthfully, I I think she would tell me to do all of the things, whether or not I'm doing them on my own. So I do them. And I want the same thing for all of my other single friends out there. You have access to the fullest life right here and right now, regardless of your relationship status. I want you to stop making excuses. Stop waiting for the right person to come along and start living your best life. Like, right now. (laughs) I want you to figure out who you are, what you love, what you want, and the gifts you've been created with. I want you to get after your dreams and pursue the things that you're passionate about about. I want you to do the hard and the scary things because it would make your five and 75 year old self proud. I want you to live fully, fully present and fully entwined with the heartbeat of Jesus. Remember that your worth and your value are not tied to your relationship status and you are not less than in your singleness. Remember that you are whole and complete in your own right and that you are capable of some seriously awesome things. And to all of my married, engaged, and dating friends. You have the same access to the same Jesus who offers the most abundant life. And just because you're married or whatever right now doesn't mean you can't also live your best lives. In fact, I would argue that you have a unique opportunity to get after the things you were made to do with the consistent support of your partner. And that's pretty freaking incredible. And I want to remind you that you're able to do certain things for the kingdom that single people can't. And that's a really big deal. So I want to encourage you to press into your dreams and your gifts and your passions to get after those things with everything you've got and ask that God would do all he wants to do through you, both individually and as a couple. All right, guys, that was the blog post. We out of there. And we are moving on to some of the questions y'all sent me. And I will repeat again, I'm not an expert, but I have some insight and some experiences and some stories. So I tried to organize these in a way that makes sense. And I will probably reference some of the stuff I've already said, but... These questions are important, and I take them very seriously, and I want to honor you guys, so here we go. Okay. What was my longest relationship? Um, My longest relationship was about 14 or 15 months. It was my boyfriend from college, and it was probably about three months too long. We should have broken up before we actually did, Um, but we tried our best to make it work, and it didn't, obviously, so that was my longest relationship what was your biggest relationship mistake? Um, Well, I mean, there's plenty of those, but I'd say that the biggest one was loving someone's potential rather than who they were in that moment. And uh, what I mean by that is I fell in love with this guy And it was one of those things where even, like, my friends didn't get it. They were like, I don't understand why this is happening. And that was kind of the consistent throughout our relationship. And yet, I really, really loved him. I really cared about him, but... In retrospect, I realized, oh, I really loved who I knew he could be. And that's beautiful to be able to, you know, envision someone's potential, but you can't fall in love with someone's potential. You can't choose to love someone's potential because they may never actually get there. Um, Hopefully they do, but it also might look really different because, I mean, I can see potential, but I can't tell the future, right? So... Yeah, I would say that was probably my biggest mistake was loving someone's potential rather than who they were in that moment, because we're all a work in progress. And so I think it's really important to love people right where they're at. Um, what is your biggest piece of relationship advice? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of the message of my heart and I say it about everything, not just relationships, but I think it's especially important when it comes to relationships and that is don't settle. (laughs) Don't settle, don't settle, don't settle, don't settle because it's not worth it. Ultimately, I think it's better to be lonely and single than lonely and married, Ugh, that sounds awful. So yeah, I just, I would say don't settle and don't think that like you don't deserve what you think you deserve. Obviously don't be like hella high maintenance because like, remember we're all flawed and broken. But at the same time, like I said earlier, we deserve people who are going to challenge us and make us better and propel us into who we're really made to be and, and push us closer to the Lord. So yeah, do not settle. It isn't worth it. (laughs) what is the best way to meet people when you're single but don't have a lot of money to go out great question I think the biggest thing is just being willing to put yourself out there. You don't need to have money to go out. I think that's something too that's important to consider. Like if you are thinking about um, like a restaurant or a bar or something like that, you don't have to spend a lot of money. Another way is just getting involved in your community, whether that for you looks like church or outreaches or just different opportunities within your community where you would be out meeting new people. And then I think another thing that It's important to do too. It's not always super easy for single people to do, but like asking your friends who are in relationship or who are married to invite you. Just let them know, hey, I'm available to hang out. And that can feel really uncomfortable, but most of the time it works out. So I would just say, really put yourself out there. Like it might be a little uncomfortable and daunting, but it's absolutely worth it to potentially meet new people. And I would also say like, there's some obvious answers, like within your workplace, you can be meeting people or at your, you know, if you become a regular at a coffee shop, you can meet people. There are lots of ways I would say, just be open. Be really open and don't fear rejection, which, ooh, that's a big one, but like, I don't know. I've gotten to a point where I'm just like, I'm just gonna ask. Like, what's the worst thing that could happen? They say no? Okay, at least I will have asked. So, yeah, just put yourself out there. <laughs> I believe in you if that helps at all. All right, next question Is it okay to kiss on the first date? <laughs> I am laughing only because this is a very subjective question, because I think the answer could be different for any person. Here's here's what I'm going to say first. I think the most important thing is you need to know yourself. And this is going to this is going to tie into like every question I could ever potentially answer or any question you could ever potentially ask. You need to have a strong sense of who you are and what you love, what you're passionate about, what you're gifted in, what you want and desire, and what you don't want. Like just having a very deep sense of knowing who you are, I think is going to position you in the best possible spot you can be in to head into a relationship. And so to answer that question from that perspective, like please keep that in mind. Is it okay to kiss on the first date? Uh, Yeah, I think it is. I think that's fine. But... I know me and I know that like a kiss isn't going to immediately lead to sex and that might not be true for you. So I would say just like know who you are, know what boundaries you need to have in place to protect yourself, protect other people. If that's something that's just like really sacred to you, then don't do it. But is it okay to? I think so. But y'all also need to realize if you don't know me in real life, your girl was a hot mess in high school. And so I just come from a very different background and perspective coming into a question like this. So it's very subjective. And my biggest piece of advice is know yourself, know your tendencies, and make decisions based on that. So is it okay to kiss on the first date? That is 100% up to you. Should girls wait for the guy to initiate a first date? And is it okay for a girl to ask first? All right, this is a fun question for me, because I think 10 years ago, eight years ago, I would have said, no, the dude should initiate and and that's a whole nother story for another day as to why i felt that way now i would say go for it like why not this brings me back to the same mentality that i brought up earlier like if the worst thing that somebody can say is no okay like you know that that's the worst thing that could possibly happen just ask and see what happens because i would so, like kind of like i said earlier i would so much rather do it and get rejected than wonder what could have happened and i mean if you think about it if like like the guys are always wanna have to initiate, do you know how much they must face rejection? Like, just imagine. Like, that has to be so disheartening. <laughs> I can't even imagine. So, in one way, it can alleviate some pressure off of the guys, and if they're, like, gung-ho and want to be the initiators, then they'll initiate. But I think, like, now, in today's climate, go for it. Like, just be like, yeah, hey, I'd love to grab coffee, or maybe we should get dinner sometime. And if he says, I'm good, you just be like, it's your loss, buddy. That's fine. I'm awesome. Or if he's, like, a really good friend, you should be like, okay, cool. nice, See you later. Like, Whatever. I think you should just go for it because otherwise you're always going to wonder what could have happened if this guy doesn't end up asking first. So, and I'm having a moment where I'm thinking maybe I should take my own advice in a situation in my life. Again, another story for yet another day. (laughs) Okay, I got a lot of questions about online dating. And y'all have, if you've been listening this far, you know I have some um, interesting opinions on online dating. So keep that in mind. First question, online dating, yay or nay? I'm going to bring it right back again to knowing who you are. Know who you are. Know your tendencies. Know your motivations. I think that's the most important thing. Know what your motivations are. Are you going onto an app or an online dating site because you're lonely? And that's, like, the main reason? I would say no, don't do it because that's like a whole like deeper issue that you should be working on and a person can't really like cure that loneliness ultimately so I'd say don't do it but if you find yourself in a place where you're legitimately ready for a relationship you're ready for that partner you're ready to like get into something serious then yeah go for it but remember that like there might be people on there who aren't at that level yet so I think it's a big thing where you just can't take things too personally I have gone on a few apps in the past and you know like done the scrolling thing which I really hate um and uh matched with some guys and they've messaged me and I kid you not I f- like have an internal meltdown where I'm like Ugh, words I don't have words what do I say I am boring but I know I'm not boring I'm unique for sure but um I just kind of freak out and I freeze and I don't ever say anything and so I have probably added and deleted dating apps from my phone like three or four times I don't have them now because I'm like it's not my time for that but yeah I'd say just know who you are your motivations, and then you do you, boo-boo. Okay, should we do dating apps when we feel like it's such a cold or hard way to meet someone? I mean, I don't disagree with that. It feels very impersonal to me, but that's not everyone's everyone's case if you're not comfortable doing it I would say don't do it or if it feels like too cold or too hard and you you're just like oh it makes me feel gross then don't do it it just might not be the right time for you to be doing that and I would just like really listen to your inner voice and just go with what that says you know And then last question on online dating, is it worth it to pay for an online dating site? I mean, if you got the money, honey, you should do it. Um, And if you're really serious about it, again, like I was saying before, if you know your motivations. If you're, like, really serious and wanting to meet people, then why not? And the thing is, you can just do a trial period, kind of see how it goes. And if it's successful, awesome. If it's not, you can kind of reassess later if that's, like, worth it to continue pursuing. Okay, next question. I'm in my 30s and not into the bar scene. How do I meet someone? Uh, (laughs) That's such a specific question. I'm also not into the bar scene, mostly because I'm cheap and I don't like to spend money on alcohol, but also that's just not really where I want to hang out most of the time. That's not always true but most of the time there are a lot of other places you can meet people I don't know restaurants the park the movies a museum like literally anywhere else uh you could definitely try to meet someone anywhere else if a bar scene is not your thing then you're probably not going to want to meet someone who's in the bar scene so I would just say like you know uh get uncomfortable and push yourself a little bit to go do other kind of things within your town and your community and again just put yourself out there be open and um, invite new people into your life. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's my answer for that one. How does one not be closed off or awkward around guys or girls if you've been single for a while? Well, I got you, friend, because that sounds like me. How do you not be closed off or awkward? Well, I would say awkward is subjective as well. It is a very broad term. I used to always say I was awkward, and I've started saying rather that I am quirky. So I think you just have to be yourself, and that's hard. (laughs) I'm not going to say like, oh, just be yourself. It's very easy. Here's a step-by-step process. No, it requires knowing yourself. It requires really digging deep into the core of who you are, doing a lot of heart work, and learning to really love that person, love the person that you were made to be with all of your strengths and weaknesses and quirks and faults, just all of the things that make you, you, when you come to a place where you like really love that person, you're not going to feel awkward. You're just going to be embracing the fullness of who you are and who you were made to be. The closed off part is kind of secondary. Why are you closed off? That would be my question. Are you scared of rejection? Are you just really self-conscious? Do you have low self-esteem? And I I say these things in love because that has been me for the majority of my life up until this year. (laughs) And if that's the case, if you find that that's the case, that means there's some heart work that you need to do. And I would honestly suggest that you do that before you try to get into a relationship because it's gonna be a lot harder, I think, to work through when you have another person involved. So if you're able to kind of work through that stuff now that's going to set you up to be in the best position you could possibly be to either I don't know be an awesome single person or an awesome person in a relationship so I would kind of dig deeper into why you think you might be closed off or feel awkward and learn to just embrace and love the person that you are because you're amazing and that sounds so cliche I'm very aware but it's absolutely true you are amazing and you were made to do some really cool things. And the next question, do you believe in love at first sight or in soulmates? Uh, Is this one controversial? (laughs) Because I'm about to answer it. Um, no. A simple answer is I do not believe in love at first sight or soulmates because logically it just doesn't really make sense if you start to think kind of deeper into what that could mean. It just doesn't really make sense. So, no, I don't believe in love at first sight or soulmates. I think that there are many people that you could be compatible with and that you know, if and when the time comes that you meet that person, you choose to love them and you choose to commit to them for the rest of your life. I don't, I think it's very limiting to say or to think that there's just one person in the entire world for you. I think there are many people that we can work with. It's just about time and maturity and where we're at in life so my answer to that one is no How do I reconcile watching my parents and my grandparents get old while I'm still single? Like, I'm worried that my grandparents won't see me get married. Oh, this one makes me sad. Um, I've thought about this one too. I am the oldest of my cousins of like my whole family. I'm the oldest and I'm single (laughs) and one of my grandparents has already passed away and that's a lot to consider. Um, I think the biggest thing I would say to that is you can't put that pressure on yourself. And I know easier said than done. Unfortunately, there's just not really a timeline for how all of that comes together or works out. And I just think you're doing yourself a disservice by putting any kind of pressure that uh, you should be married now or you should be married within the next year or whatever so that they can see you get married. I think What you should actually do is live your life. Don't be caught up on what you do or don't have and rather embrace where you are right now and just live your life as fully and as present as you possibly can because that's going to make your grandparents proud. That's going to make your parents proud. It's going to make the people around you really um, excited for the journey that you're on, whether you're single or not. So uh, don't put that kind of pressure on yourself and instead turn it into, I don't know, just this like zest for life and get after the things that you're really passionate about. Should I actively put myself out there for dating or take a step back and let God do whatever he wants to do? And second part of that question is, is he in dating or singleness? This is a bit of a theological question at its core. Um, The second part, at least, is he in dating or singleness? Yes. Yes. Yes, he is. He is in both. He is in all of it. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere and throughout all time. I think something that's interesting and important to consider is that dating is a relatively, like, new concept in culture. Obviously, in the Bible days, like, they didn't date. And also, they were getting married when they were, like, 13. So, that's a whole other, you know, conversation. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, dating isn't a biblical concept because they didn't really do that back then. Um, it was set up very differently. And so as times have changed and it may not have been written about that we know of, you know, I don't know. Uh, but I think God is in everything and above everything and through time and space. And so, yeah, I'd say he's in dating and yeah, I'd say he's also in singleness. I think, um, maybe it's just like, is he in dating and is he in, you know, choosing not to date? Yes, he is. And just to very briefly expound on this, like, yeah, he's definitely in being single. There were plenty of people in the Bible who were single, including Jesus. So, yes, he's there. Um, To answer the first part of your question, though, um, should you actively put yourself out there for dating or take a step back and let God do what he wants to do? Um, I mean, if in putting yourself out there that feels like disobedience in your relationship with God then like no don't do it but i don't know your situation so and and that honestly goes all right back to like knowing yourself and knowing where you are and what you want and um, knowing your motivations. So if you think you're really ready, then yeah, should go ahead and put yourself out there. If you know you're not ready, then yeah, like don't, I don't know, like work on you, work on your relationship with the Lord, like whatever it is you feel like you need to do. Um, I would just encourage you to stay really tuned in to what you think the Holy Spirit telling you and be obedient to that. Yeah. Why does God give us the desire for marriage, but withhold it or make us wait? yikes. Okay, this is another question that at its core is a theological question. Because, and I know I said this earlier, it bears repeating, sometimes we have desires that aren't going to be met in this life. That's one thing to keep in mind. The other thing is, I would push back and say, why is your question that he's withholding it? What what in you, what in, in you believes he's just not giving it to you? Because I think that that really is more of a heart question that you need to dig deeper into. And the thing too is like discerning what is a desire from God and then what is a desire because of the time and culture that we live in is very important and not easy, but something worth spending intentional time and prayer on is figuring out like, is this of the Lord? Is this of God or is this of me wanting to be in a specific place in my life? because I. I've had to do that many a time with many different circumstances within my life. So I would say look into that as well. And then yeah, ultimately remember like what this life is about is not getting everything that we want or everything that we desire or everything that like we believe we should have. It's about loving God and loving people. And so yeah, I would say like, you might not get it. You might have the desire and you might not get it. That's something I've really come to terms with in this last like season of life. Like I know that I want something, but I also know I'm going to be okay if I don't get it because I have the thing that's more important than that and that is Jesus. And that's true for everyone. So I would say just like go ahead and like dig really deep in your heart. Spend some intentional time kind of figuring out why that is so important to you here's the last question what is the best part about being single in your current season yo there are actually a lot of really cool things about being single so like let me just list them (laughs) i love that i get to do what i want when i want and i'm not like i don't have to think this actually sounds really selfish um but i don't really have to think about another person when i'm making decisions so Uh, The money that I have is mine. The time that I have is mine. I can sleep in if I want to. I don't have to, you know, consult with another person when I want to do something or make a purchase. And that's, like, there's a lot of freedom in that. Also, you know, I can travel the way that I do. I am able to move wherever um, I want to because it's just me. I also don't have kids, obviously, and that's another human or humans that you have to think about when you're making decisions. And um, this is a time when I... I get to be very, this sounds terrible, but I get to be very self-focused in the sense that like I can work on me and I can have this very intimate relationship um relationship with god and this very intentional way about uh, my with my friendships and um with the things that I feel like I'm supposed to do um on the flip side of that though is the fact that like I am selfish and I am not like super generous because I haven't had to think about another person and so that's actually something I've been working on just within the last few months realizing how selfish I have been and just working on generosity and what that looks like as a single person on a single income but also like A person who has the means to do things so that's something else i love but really the i was just having a conversation the other day with a friend of mine about this the best part about being single right now is that like and especially at my age being almost 30 like i'm not i am responsible for myself i submit to no one but myself and no one but god i am in full submission to him And he's the one I'm talking to, he's the one I'm consulting with, he's the one who needs to approve everything, and that's it. Like, I'm very solely focused and singularly focused, which reminds me of... You know, the scripture when Paul says, oh God, I think it's Paul. Watch me not get that totally wrong. But um, he says it's better to be single in that way because then we can be concerned about the things of the Lord versus the things of the Lord and our partner. So I would say like, I've really been embracing that part of being single. Like it's just me and it's me and Jesus and we're on this adventure and it's really amazing. And um, does that mean I don't long for someone to be with me? Like I said earlier, of course I do. It would be so awesome to get to do the things that I've been doing with someone by my side and to share in the adventure, but um, that's just not my case right now, and um, I'm okay with it. Like, for the first time ever, I'm legitimately okay with it. So, uh, it's beautiful. I really love being single. So, yeah. Those were some of your guys' questions, and, I mean, I'm a mess, but I hope I answered them okay. Um, I know I've shared some unpopular opinions throughout this episode, whether it's about, um, you know, we don't get what we want, and marriage isn't eternal, so we kind of stop living like it is, or the fact that we idolize marriage, and the, you know, soulmate thing, and all this stuff that's, like, not easy to talk about, but, like, it's important to talk about with your friends, and I'm your friend, so thanks for being mine. I have some other unpopular opinions that I thought I would share, but they might not really be that necessary. I will say that, like, culturally, we are very obsessed with sex and I think that that is like the biggest deterrent to healthy relationships and like there's so much to that and so much involved and maybe that will be another topic for another episode but also I hope not because I don't really want to talk about it in such a public setting but if y'all want to talk about it at any point feel free to direct message me or uh email me or whatever Anyway, I just want to thank you guys for being so vulnerable and honest in some of the questions that you guys sent in and being here for the journey. Like this life is hard. Life is really hard. It doesn't matter if you're single or dating or engaged or married. Life is hard regardless of your relationship status. And there's nothing better than just remembering and... Living like we're in this together because we are. So to all of my friends out there, no matter what your relationship status looks like, I hope you remember that you are worthy and valuable and that you are amazing. You are made for such a unique and incredible purpose that you have the capacity and the ability to do some really cool things. And I just hope and pray and that like you're pursuing those things because there's only one you and, uh, Honestly, like our God is way too creative to have made us to all do the same thing. So just remember that as you go about your day and your week and your month, no matter who you find yourself with, whether that's a partner or a friend or a family member, remember that you have the unique ability to just be you and that you are amazing get to know yourself find yourself in a place where you just love yourself like every bit of you is incredible so just love that person because I'm finally in a place where I'm that person like I love me and it's so freeing there's so much freedom in this space and I want that freedom for you guys too Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode of Wild Hearts with Janine. We'll be back again in two weeks when I'll be sitting down with my friend Caitlin to talk through a a really important topic, and that is how to handle heartbreak and doubt. So until then, keep dreaming, seeking, and stepping out in faith. deterrent or obstacle to healthy relationships.